0: i uh-huh. and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King One Ghostly Whale at a Time. I'm Cassandra Frederickson.
1: I'm Norman Mitchell.
0: And joining us this week is returning guest and um, dueling genre co-host Zach Luna. Hi. Hey
1: everyone. Hi. <laughs> How
0: are you doing?
2: I'm doing splendid. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, of course. It's been a while. Yeah, know. it has. <laughs> these are these are like long movies, question marks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It takes a while. I'm trying to think. Um, I think the last time, I wasn't on for Two Towers, but I was here for
1: Fellowship. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that was like a couple years ago. At least, I know. Right? You've
0: done like three Spider-Man movies since then. Like you guys are done. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you finished the the Sam Raimi trilogy in time between your guest spots. Because last saw... time you were here, you got some quality. This is Ugo ridiculous. Weaving too. Like,
0: we should have done. Right. We did the wrong yeah. movies
1: no this is fabulous (laughs) this we love them
2: for a reason and part of them is their uh length but uh, we only have to deal with a tiny section today
0: what are we what are we focusing on (laughs) right (laughs) so today we're talking about minute 101 um which starts which is exciting because we finally broke 100 um (laughs) so
1: just just 300 more to go right yeah uh, no oh
0: my god (laughs) Um, so it starts with um Elrond saying she will not long survive the evil that now spreads from Mordor. Mm. Uh, and it ends with Elrond saying, There are those who dwell in the mountain and an otherworldly um, wailing Ooh. begins. Ooh.
1: Yes. This is this is almost an entire minute of Elrond talking. That's fine. Yeah. So you Hugo Weaving I, just... I love watching him talk. It's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this scene in particular, I think I would have loved to have seen some version of this where Elrond was either uh, Saruman or Theoden. Where Hugo Ooh. Weaving was either Saruman or Theoden. Ooh. I think he also would have knocked both of those roles just boom. Hell yeah, man. Got him.
2: He, yeah, he just, he has such a like kingly presence about him that like... I know you guys have talked at length on the podcast about how cool uh Vigo is. He's just like the coolest dude. But like if you put Hugo Weaving in the same room with him, he's like the only guy that makes him seem a little young or childish yeah. by
1: comparison. <laughs> it's like, well that's because I... there's this there's this implicit kind of father son relationship between Elrond yeah. and Aragorn and that probably plays into that. Yeah. Some yeah. They're just it's... they're just really good actors. It's nice to watch them. Yeah. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Hugo Weaving, like, I miss him. Be I wish he was in these more, sure, honestly. But yeah. I don't know what else Elrond would be doing. I know. <laughs> I mean, even this scene is sort of uh, created
2: whole cloth for the films, right? Because uh, yes and like, no. Okay. In Spoilers the, for later in
1: the week. He's coming to bring something to Aragorn that Aragorn yeah. had way earlier in the book. <laughs> in the in the yeah. In the in the books, Elrond's sons and the Dúnedain all show up at this point.
2: Oh, okay, I see. Just not him proper, or but is just a, not
1: Elrond. Yeah, got it. Got Elrond got sends it. his sons to go give this give Aragorn this this deal about you need to go through the mountain. Yeah. Oh man. Um. I I don't know if
2: you guys mentioned this last week, but one thing I like about this sort of setup, because I mean, down at Brass Tacks, is just two people talking to each other in a room. There's not a lot of, right. like, things happening. But I love that the uh, the production design here, how they have, like, the flames in the tent and the, it's all this um this fabric with wind behind it. it means that, like, every frame is moving. Nothing's truly still, even though it's just, like, you know, two people standing and talking yeah. at each other. It doesn't feel, like, stilted or boring because there's mm-hmm. this, like, I don't know, this extra energy in the air with, like, the, the elements, you know, wind and fire and
1: whatnot. Right. Yeah, something that I kind of pick up on in this scene, too, is earlier on in the commentary for this movie, they talk about how they use the color red to kind of signify royalty and how in this scene in which for just a moment in this tent, you basically had three kings. There is so much red
0: Yeah, in this room. Oh, snap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And because they set, I mean, last
2: week's scenes with him like waking up in the middle of the night with the knife and whatnot. uh. You, ha- you see Aragorn in, like, pajamas for the first time. Not really pajamas, <laughs> but, like, this underlayer of his uh, um, his garments where he doesn't have his, like, his vests and his bracers and his cape and stuff. Right. It's, it's, you can kind of forget that, quite literally, underneath all of the ranger garb is this red shirt. Mm-hmm. And so this is just him sort of uh, at his most basic level, the, the symbolism of the king right there. Yeah. As you said. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which is interesting because it's nothing it's something i never really picked up on but in a more like closer watching of this movie even though i've listened to the commentaries before mm-hmm. i'm definitely way more cognizant of the color red in scenes yeah. since that point yeah so i'm i'm just kind of primed to pay attention to it now uh it's great this this nightshirt thing to bring it into something that's very uh very recent in pop culture is this is vigo's version of the kylo ren good boy sweater <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The hero Henley, as it were. Yes.
0: His good boy sweater. His good boy sweater. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> Vigo is such a good boy. Look at him. Look at these <laughs> handsome men talking to each other. I know, how fun. Right? What a delightful film. Um, like early on they have that bit when Elrond uh, mentions the uh, the light of the even star and I'm always sort of fascinated in films like how you choose to show like inserts or, or close-ups of important information without it feeling um, weird, you know? Like you have to show the audience the thing, mm-hmm. but you can't like break the flow of however it goes. And I, th- I think this choice is really cool where, A, they just do a tilt down from Aragorn's face to the necklace, and then they don't tilt back up. They just go right into his eyes. So you can almost forget the move was there. But also they have that really cool, um, like bit of sound. The sound uh, effect. Audio yeah. effect. Yeah, it's so... Yeah.
1: Smart, it's really quick, but you're just like,
2: Oh, yeah, look at that. Uh,
1: I, I think remember. that I think that particular uh play with the prop, the necklace, also mm-hmm. always pretty much works because it is always at least partially visible, yeah, in scenes. Yeah. Anytime we can always see it, yeah, no matter how armored up Aragorn might be. It's
0: just an excuse to get him in like a deep cut,
1: like, right. shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but man, I... and we're all game for that, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think you can play a little more fast and loose with your cuts around the necklace mm-hmm. because it's always visible.
2: Yeah, it's never not established in the wider shots. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's so cool. I just... These
1: are good movies, you guys. Like, I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I love the way the firelight plays off Hugo Weaving's face in this scene. It yeah. just highlights everything he's doing, and <sighs> how he goes from this sort of like a concerned figure in the beginning of this minute to. Mm-hmm kind of commanding and then pulls back to a little bit of fearful
2: hmm. yeah it's just he's he's doing so much painting in such a small canvas basically like m- most of elron's shot in the scene after the like opening are medium close-ups or close-ups and you know it means he can't do like big gestures he can't like move around a ton but he's so good at like thinking thoughts really loud even though he's speaking quietly that it's just full of all this emotion and the you can see the the shifts and changes in his eyes and on his face he's just he's really good at acting basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you need more men mm-hmm. yeah man the way so he, cool. he puts the emphasis on the ends in the in that phrase
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i also like to i mean this
2: is a a quiet scene like sometimes when you're uh, working through scenes like with a director or in class or something, you talk about like placing your voice in the space that it's appropriate for. Like if you were at like a loud club, you have to speak louder or if somebody's further away, you have to reach them with your voice, etc., etc. And um, this is a, a quiet, like not a confrontational scene, but it's, it's these two leaders like coming together and speaking very plainly about how, the stakes are much bigger now and we're in a lot of danger and you're going to die if you don't do this right so it's a quiet scene but they fill it with such energy they're not loud but they're they're full of energy and force and i like that with hugo weaving you can tell he's a bit more confident about it because he's sort of come to terms with it and he needs like aragorn to step up his game so Mm -hmm. like almost everything aragorn says is in this like whisper tone yeah. where he's not really using the resonance in his in his chest but even when Hugo weaving's weaving's really quiet he's still like got that that chest you need more men like it's it's just really cool to see the contrast and watch them go i I just love movies <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and the in the cast commentary they both very much talk each other up in this scene too they're both giving <sighs> each other compliments as well they should yeah um, like Vigo talks a little bit about how the the complicated nature of their relationship really drives how he plays his interactions with Elrond as a character. Yeah. Like Elrond as a character, the, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is my mentor. He pretty much was my father figure growing up and his daughter and I are in love and that's complicated for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like nobody
2: other than Elrond can show up and make him feel the way he feels in this scene. Like nobody can sort of have that extra leverage not leverage over him but like the weight of um of their shared history yeah uh i mean you know he knew theoden when theoden was younger but it was like you know very briefly when theoden was like a child he you know has had interactions with some of the other members of the fellowship uh like uh like like legolas and whatnot but for the most part a lot of the people that aragorn interacts with in this story this is the first time he's interacted with them, you know, since the the council. And so to have somebody that has like the weight and knowledge of history behind their interaction is a really an interesting uh, change of pace for an Aragorn
1: scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Elrond is the only person that can make Aragorn feel kind of small.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: He really, really is. And it happens... In every scene they share together in the trilogy, <laughs> yeah.
0: and like almost like instantaneously, it's yeah. like, "Oh, it's
1: Elrond." It's okay. Just, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, in the, just previously in the scene, my lord Elrond, he just as soon, as, oh, oh, crap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Oh.
1: oh. <laughs> Things are different now. Uh oh. <laughs> Theoden just kind of pieces out of there. <laughs> just, he cool. leaves before Elrond reveals his face, so Theoden doesn't even. <laughs> so, there's even care, just like in this like, in this scene, to not have another character see Aragorn's weakness in that moment. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah.
2: That it's, this is genuinely private. Yeah. Um, I think that's why it carries so much
1: weight, which is the right choice for what's going to happen this week. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's very much in keeping with Aiden's character because he seems the kind of, like, thoughtful, empathetic person to make sure people have their space.
0: Yeah, because he himself is very prideful, so, he like, he wouldn't want to have this sort of conversation
1: right and we don't know what him and Elrond talked
2: about before aragorn got here yeah like how much does he know about the situation
1: um right did he he show off his gift like
2: (laughs) (laughs) it was like there's a there's a through line here about like uh ever since the last film with theoden understanding the uh it's not—it's not that like Aragorn is usurping his space or his power, but just like understanding that other kingly energy in the room and when to defer to it or when to take advice from it and when to like step aside from it. And so, yeah. it's wild to think of like their first interactions in like Edoras versus now, where he can just sort of silently leave his own. Presumably, this is his tent. Yeah, his it's, own, his, like, it's yeah. his tent. <laughs> right. Like, no, 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 this is for you. This is. <laughs> Be a king. It's okay. I get it. I'm a king too.
1: I get it. <laughs> but even as a, we even all as need a, king
0: time, Aragorn. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> even if
1: Aragorn was say wasn't even a king. Even if this was say like Boromir in this like a, a character like mm-hmm. Boromir in this position, a mm-hmm. prince or just like a leader of men somewhere else, but not like a king. I yeah. think that protocol, Théoden, still would have deferred this space to them because the pretty much the king of the elves just showed up. Yeah. Just maybe Ooh. I should. Yeah, you know, you got business. <laughs>
2: it's all right. He came to talk to you, not me. I I get where I am
1: in this equation. <laughs> Just like you are, you know, hundred thousand years old, fifty, however old, they under sixty thousand years old. You know what? No, you, idea you yet. you're good. You fought. You fought Sauron the first time. We're all right. Like... <laughs> I'm
2: good. It's funny too with a scene like this that um, is so simple in the the staging and the and the way it's shot on the surface at least, the way that even small camera moves or uh, blocking changes have have bigger effects than you'd expect them to. One thing I just love in the scene is Hugo weaving, choosing his moments well in terms of like, and I'm sure this was worked out in rehearsal, but in terms of when he has like an advance towards Aragorn or a retreat. And there's just sort of one major shift in blocking in this, which is like him stepping forward a bit when he's when he needs to tell him about that like uh sound's armies are marching into minas tirith but there's like another mm-hmm. another force coming so it's, it's like vaguely they've had threatening that's
1: oh, cool yeah go ahead it's vaguely threatening the way he approaches Arabism.
2: yeah yeah
1: like he's like i don't think you get it dude like this, we
2: need to go to a second level here we this needs to be, be a bit more intense and it's just accomplished with a couple steps forward it's like magic i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's, like, that does two things. It, like, speaks to Elrond's presence as, like, mm-hmm. a leader. Like, all he has to do is take a few steps and then, like, yeah. oh, that's game-changing. But also, like, yeah. um, Aragorn's, like, deference to him or even still, like, maybe fear or... Yeah. It's, there's a lot. It's, like, fear and respect and, and like, admiration for Elrond.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. What's interesting to me is that the only other ruler of men we see do something similar to this in this movie is Denethor. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, him yeah. approaching someone is like, is Ooh. him invoking his presence in a space. Hmm. Right. Right. And whereas with, with
2: Denethor, it's more of a, like, uh,
1: it's not I vaguely mean, threatening. It, it is, is th- like <laughs> overtly threatening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: Much more overt. And it's like, it's a power that is, is sort of tenuous. And so he's got to like wield it a bit more forceful. Whereas like, Elrond is just like cool calm collected like the legacy of thousands of years on his shoulders mm-hmm. that it's it's more of a a real deal here even though like somebody with like uh institutional power that's like a bit tenuous at best if they still can wield it it's dangerous not that it's not like the threat is any less scary with Denethor it's just this feels like deeper and older i don't mean to like switch uh fantasy writers but it reminds me of that meme <laughs> with the uh, aslan from <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Do, do, not, the the do not cite the deep magic to me. Yeah. To which
2: I was there, and it was written. Like that's how I feel when, <laughs> when Elrond steps into a room. He's like, "You idiots talking about rings? Is that what's what's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Just Don't talk to me about rings and Sauron. I was there. I was there three
1: thousand years ago. He Just started... Hugo weaving, voicing Aslan. Now
2: <laughs> he could do it. He I can. bet he
1: could do anything at this point.
2: Um, so then we do get the the other insert that's not just two people talking in this scene um which i don't know why it works because it seems bizarre to me that the uh this insert of the cgi ships uh it's very quick it's very uh it's a very short little scene but it's like i don't know if it was uh i I, i'm sure they didn't intend to put that in when they shot the initial scene but maybe like through one of the test screens or something they're like you know we need a bit more Context for what the Corsairs
1: mean, what that threat is mm. visually here. Right, so or just even just, of, we need to break up the flow of this dialogue scene a little. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't
2: feel the same so much. Um, yeah, it does work. I just, it seems, if I go
1: second by second, I'm like,
2: that is a weird choice. <laughs> like, yeah. You know,
1: I think Hugo Weaving is evoking a lot of the same energy he has as Agent Smith in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. I think there's there's a lot of that I think that is shared between these two like this particular part of Elrond's performance of Mm -hmm. of Hugo's performance as Elrond and like some of the stuff he does at the beginning of the first Matrix movie as Agent Smith I he's a very similar energy
0: that's funny yeah
1: it's something to do with like knowing
2: that you were uh not a bigger force than the other person thinks you are, but that you, you have knowledge of something they don't and they're yeah. not quite getting it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like laying it out in very plain terms. But I mean, you, there's no like sunglasses here to mask his eyes. Or yeah. whatever, like, <laughs> it's a, it's so a
1: demonstration of control.
2: Yes. There it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And He's just like, this, this is bigger. This is bigger than you think. Right. What? And the situation in this tent from the moment Elrond takes his hood off Elrond knows he has complete control of ever of the conversation from here mm-hmm. until Aragorn leaves this tent. Ah, oh, it's so good. Because he always I... has control of conversation between him and Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's and so then think... slimy. when you put it that way, like I know it's not intended to be, but it's like that sounds it's, so manipulative. The only
1: conversation we ever see Elrond have, period, in these movies where he's not in control, is when Arwen shows it's with up Arwen. angry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes.
2: Ah.
1: That's it. That's the only time where Elrond is just I am.
2: Uh, mm. Oh, oh gosh. Oh boy. Uh,
1: is this how Aragorn feels all deep. the time? <laughs>
2: Oh, God. What did I do? <laughs> and then it's nice that, like, after we have that, like, steely, uh, not quite slimy, but but to maybe take the edge off of what might feel slimy otherwise, is when he brings up the option of the, the Men of the Mountain, that there's this slight, like, it's not quite like a cartoonish gulp before he says it, but he, like, takes a little moment, like, there are those... Like, he just has a little bit of vulnerability there, which... You know, if I'm like, you know, what was I, twelve or thirteen at the time? I watched this movie, not having read the full extent of the books at that point. Where I was like, well,
1: what could that be? What what would spook Elrond? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's this, there's a slight tremble in his voice before the word mountain. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a, a
2: little bit of what we'll get more of uh, tomorrow with the uh, spooky wind Ooh. on the. Hoo. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, what could it be? I,
0: I did have one other thing that I wanted to bring up about this minute, and it's something that's always confused me. Um, oh, yeah. I understand needing to make Arwen relevant to the um, narrative, but I don't mm. understand why Arwen is suddenly, like, directly tied to um, the the fate of the ring, as Elrond mm. puts it.
1: Do yeah, you, it's... Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It is it is weird. And I kind of I get it, but I still think it's kind of silly. The the idea is that because she's in flux of losing her grace as an Eldar mm-hmm. while this darkness is creeping over the world, those two things coinciding is what's killing her. Okay. Mm. Because she's... So she's, she's more vulnerable than the other elves, basically? Right, because she's currently giving up her immortality. She's in the process of losing her immortality. Mm-hmm. But while mm-hmm. she's losing those kind of elven defenses, mm-hmm. Sauron's power is growing, and therefore it's corrupting what magic is left in her as it slowly leaves.
0: So so she's, like, magically immunocompromised?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. That's That's... The long and short of it is that's what's going on. Oh boy, uh,
0: oh
2: man, I don't, I don't love the metaphorical uh, implications <laughs> of that. Uh, I do get, I do get from the lore implication that it's a way to like demonstrate the way magic and energy is shifting and the stakes and whatnot. It is just a little bit. We just have so few women to begin with. Yeah. in this yeah. space
1: That I'm like. Uh. You do, you know, at the end of this week, you do get a good Aowen scene that's true yeah that'll be fun uh. i don't
0: know i think the thing about like tying arwen up into the ring is just making her more of an object
1: yeah it feels mm. it feels unnecessary like a literal <laughs> object yeah it, it feels so unnecessary it, is, it doesn't feel like it was needed in the narrative she could just be sick because the process yeah, of becoming be mortal is hard yeah yeah just yeah yeah come on Like, that's kind of the implication from earlier on in the movie, that it's just a matter of becoming mortal takes a toll on you. Yeah, yeah. the thing that he was
2: originally afraid of, the idea of her being uh, like him. I I don't know,
1: like... Hmm. Like his brother who became mortal.
2: There's Uh, another draft there, right? There's there's another way you could uh, tweak this idea. And it's not... Like, again, we're in the middle of a scene that doesn't exist in the books, like, it's redoing like narrative threads from other places it's not as if it would be beyond the pale to rework this conceptually
1: right um. yeah uh i think it's i can't remember who it is in the commentary now it's i think it's it's john howe or maybe it's one of the it might be one of the post-production team guys they mentioned that uh one of the big things when they were doing work on the movie was they didn't want any particular scene even if they were kind of creating it whole cloth to feel implausible with the story that already existed. Yeah. yeah. Like with the with so the narrative beats, it. they wanted everything to feel like it was possible that this could have gone this way. Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so for the like... most
1: part I think it does. Like it, it makes the context of this scene and Elrond showing up instead of say his sons given mm-hmm. seeing we never meet his sons in the movie. Right. And <laughs> and even if we did, it would make sense for him to send them away with Arwen. Yeah. Given yes, the context yeah. of how things go on in the film. Right. So him yeah. showing up here makes a certain amount of sense. We never see any other Dunedine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why would we just yeah, have them have, show up? Yeah, I don't plot? have a
0: problem with Elrond being here and and him giving this. Because we have, like we, we talked about before, like they have that emotional groundwork that they set since the first movie. Right. Um, since that
1: deleted scene at his mom's grave. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So... I don't, I don't have a problem with Elrond, like, giving him, spoilers, the sword. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess my, my issue lies in, like... solely
1: in this Arwen thing. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: Because her agency, she already has so little agency in this. Right, she,
1: her last scene was her expressing agency right and, and now that she's immediately just, sick and dying uh, yeah yeah <laughs> this is your punishment what
0: right exactly that's how it kind of reads yeah. this is
1: this is what you get for expressing yourself woman this like, is what you get awful. from like standing
0: up to your manipulative father for him to be like yeah, yeah i was right uh <laughs> yeah, no.
2: i knew best i knew
1: best uh, yeah so... i knew best but now that i but now that this is happening i'm going to make this right <laughs> i'm going to do it me and your and your your man and
0: your boyfriend uh, yeah yeah yeah, look,
2: I mean, this- My this surrogate son, almost... who
1: is also your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not that weird, trust me. <laughs> uh, you know, this, uh, this movie is almost 20 years old at this point, and it was based on books that were uh, many more year- years older than <clears throat> that. It's Loving it doesn't mean
1: it all works exactly. Right. Like, it's... It doesn't mean it's perfect. Um, right. In fact, well- There's not room for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I find oftentimes the stuff I love the most, I pick apart the most-
2: Totally, yeah, because I care enough to look and read, uh, investigate and check it again and compare how it made me feel when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. to how it made me feel when I was like a young adult to how I feel now. The things I I love the most, like um, I've talked on other podcasts about how my favorite film in the world is The Princess Bride. That's like Mm -hmm. my top number one all time. And uh, I I love that movie, but I don't love the way the titular character is treated. Like that's part of it it's, you know it, it we run into these things and it's a, a signpost of the work we still need to do it's not to say you throw the baby out with the bathwater. it's just that right it does ring a little weird uh, that note in this scene
1: i'm like mm, tied to the ring okay. yeah. yeah and it comes right. from a place of trying to make the narrative tighter i right. think no
0: i understand i understand their reason yeah. just... i just wish they did it better that's yeah. that's my right. thing right <laughs>
1: Because they just, they just want to make, they want to make everything so, so tightly connected. Right, right. But yeah. I, sometimes that's in detriment to other things. Right.
2: Totally. Yeah.
1: Aragorn doesn't oh, need boy. this extra boost in motivation, I don't think.
2: Yeah. I think that, like, the fate of Middle-earth is, like, enough. But, <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: I, I right? The, He's the, got the, enough to worry about right the now. The rise of
1: evil <laughs> and his own, like, <laughs> Because the the two things that Aragorn says in the scene, right? He only has the two lines: "Just it uh-huh. will be his end, not ours, and there are no more men." Mm-hmm. Just,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are, but what are you talking weird.
1: about, Elrond? <laughs>
2: what do you mean more? What more? Uh-oh. I just Excuse had this man. conversation
1: with Theoden earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean more?
2: We're all we're all on the same page. It's the numbers, man they don't they don't get bigger than this. Um. I mean, I can't wait to find out uh, how those numbers might change. Yeah. At this point, right. what can happen? <laughs> Ooh, spookies. spooky! Spooky. Uh,
0: well, so uh, thanks for joining us today, Zach. Of course, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and so we're all from the website DuelingGenre dot com. Um, check us out there. Check out Spider-Man Minute if you haven't yet, because um, both Scott and Zach are delightful. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> it's a
1: really good <laughs> show.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and if you're interested in supporting our Patreon, you can go to duelinggenre.com slash support. And I believe Scott just um, changed up all the little tiers. Um, so for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus The Minute and the new um, theme park podcast they're working on, Theme Park This. Mm um so yeah and uh where can our listeners find you outside of uh this little corner of our internet
2: oh sure uh if you want to find me on the social medias it's zachary j luna zachary with an h in the middle j with a j luna like the moon and um if you've got a, a like an apple device that you bought recently you got a free year of apple tv plus and i was just on a tv show called uh, mythic quest raven's banquet maybe watch that that's it, awesome more The more people watch it, maybe the more they'll bring us back. Um, Yeah, that's it. Sweet. It's a show about uh, people who work. I probably should have said that. Uh, It's a workplace comedy about people that make video games. And I think it's pretty funny.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow to see uh, what's up with the more men in the mountain.
1: (laughs) The mountain men. Mountain men. The mountain (laughs) (laughs) men. Bye. Bye. Bye.